Danny Black, and welcome to the At Sportsball Podcast. On this podcast, I will be talking sports cards, collectibles, memorabilia. I'll be interviewing hobby guests. I will be talking about my own thoughts. I'll cover regular sports that relate to the hobby. That's the fun part. More importantly, I want you along for the ride. So click like and follow for more content, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Baltimore Sports Collectibles at Sports Podcast. We're doing a live uh, edition today uh, with my friend Tony. We are, uh, what are we, Thursday, and uh, the time zones are different, uh, and i got to remember that. But we are uh, somewhere in the afternoon, but we are going live because you guys have some exciting stuff going on. So, Tony, for anybody who has not gotten a hug from you, tell them who you are and uh, and uh, w- w- what you have ending tonight, and then, and then we'll start back with a bunch of questions. Absolutely. My name is Tony Giese from Heritage Auctions. I'm a consignment director slash cataloger. Um, I also do a lot of the sports shows throughout the country. And uh, tonight our auction ends. And uh, tonight's the baseball cards are our, our um, first session. Our second session is tomorrow night is, is the memorabilia. And then Saturday is the third session, um, our final session. So uh, we break it up over three nights. And uh, tonight's the first night. So we're excited seeing all the bids coming in and you know you build up an auction it takes months and months of work multiple people doing so much so much sacrificing and then you get to watch the whole thing kind of you know go to its conclusion which is really really fun for us we love doing this and you know it's a long night but it's it's always a fun night because you get to see you know some of the stuff goes for much more than we could ever anticipate um and the market's really strong right now so we're very encouraged by everything. Now we're back. Sorry about that. Um, so, so we have, do have the cards ending tonight. Um, but I want to take a step back. Um, this is which auction for you in the calendar year? This is our fall, our kind of our um, end of the year auction. Uh, we every, every auction, every you know major auction house has their fall slash you know winter Christmas sale. Uh, th- this is ours. Uh, we usually have it the week before Thanksgiving. So because people, you know, Thanksgiving, they're going to be with their families and everything. So um, it's a strong auction uh, loaded with graded cards, loaded with high-end memorabilia, player collections, kind of something for everybody. So this is where I should do my Christmas shopping? Absolutely. <laughs> There's tons of things, all kinds of price ranges, all kinds of players. You got it. New guys, we've got vintage, we've got player collections, we've got game use, this and that. So kind of have something for everybody. All right. Well, I've known you for a while. I know that you are a diehard and anybody can look at your background and pick it up pretty quickly. Uh, Wisconsin and Green Bay fan. So uh, I don't know about this auction, but when stuff comes across your desk that you really have that personal eight-year-old connection to, uh, does it hit you differently? It's very, it's very difficult. And I'm a collector at heart. 
I don't really sell a lot. And for me, it's tough because it's hard to stay as a collector. It's hard to stay focused because, hey, I like this. Hey, I like that. Hey, I want to get into this. I want to get into that. And to really have it focused is a difficult thing to do. I mean, I love game-worn jerseys. I love type one photos, autographs, not as much into the cards, but it's really hard with the memorabilia to, you know, to, to keep it on the straight and narrow because I mean, it's just, it's just so tough because, and then you've got vintage stuff, which is really expensive and hard to find. And then, then you've got the new stuff that's a little bit easier to find. So there's all these different areas, but I like to say this about heritage. It's a rotating museum. Um, You're constantly seeing the coolest stuff. We've got a Ty Cobb bad ending tonight. I didn't even know that it came in. And, you know, it's a $2 million estimate on it. One of the nicest earlier, one of just, the nicest early. Yeah, I love how you just casually say we have this $2 million. I know. Time. And I didn't even know right. we had it. And it was just this beautiful, stunning autograph on it. And I mean, it's, it, I think it's a, I think it's a G, uh, game use 10 and it's one of the nicest combats in the hobby. And it, you know, the guy just brings it out and it, it's amazing. The stuff that comes in and out of here. It's just well, incredible. I, I can vouch for that. And, and for mm-hmm. full disclosure, I've worked with you guys before and I, I love mm-hmm. you guys. Um, but I had you on today um, as a friend because we, we enjoy talking the hobby. Um, and, you know, the hobby seeing a lot of changes. Um, I interviewed you. I forget what show it was. And uh, we used a clip on the radio and we asked you to predict the future of the hobby um, and where you saw it going. And this was about six months ago. And you said memorabilia tickets. Well, I, I think you've been proven pretty pretty correct that uh, <laughs> anybody who listened to that uh, has probably done better than, than certain other parts of the market. Um, the card part, as you mentioned tonight, is still huge. But are you seeing, um, I guess, a shift? You Because you mentioned vintage memorabilia. Are you seeing a shift in general on memorabilia and cards to vintage? Or is, or, or is it still just, just as hot and modern? I think some of the card money, because a lot of people made a lot of money on cards, has spilled into the memorabilia a little bit. And I think some of those guys who, you know, some of the guys made a lot of money on cards and they want to get into something else. And memorabilia is uh, really popular and very limited. You know, I mean, think of a football player. I mean, they wear they would typically wear two home jerseys and two road jerseys a season. Whereas, you know, some of these cards, there's there's thousands of them out there. So I think people are starting to grasp that some of these uniforms, some of these game use bats are really, really limited. And I think, you know, the high end stuff has really has really gone up in value quite a bit because there's not a lot of it. And, you know, there's not going to be more coming out. So you, tonight, um, tomorrow and, and, and Saturday um, are going to be big nights. Uh mm-hmm. You guys are not the only auction house. There, there's auctions almost every weekend, whether whether it's uh, online cards or, or something larger. Do you guys have a competitive point where you you say, "Listen, you know, we 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 border on oversaturation, or we have to be pickier on what we take in," mm-hmm. um, or you know, so and so just got this. We need to make sure we get that. You know, t- talk to me about the kind of the mechanics on how something gets chosen or ends up in your auction Mm -hmm. it's a happy medium is what i'll say uh you know 
we of course everybody wants the high end the ruth bats the cob bats you know those really high-end pieces but you also have to be willing to work with some of some of the lesser stuff we have sunday internet internet only auctions where there's no catalog or anything like that where which allows allows us to take some of the lesser stuff uh so you're not just cherry picking somebody's collection um i will say this you know there there's a lot of new blood in our industry there's a lot of new fresh faces that you know i've been doing shows for 15 years now and you're starting to see a younger crowd which i love and i think you know because i you know i'd be at a show and i'd be like okay my generation collected i'm 46 does the next generation care about this and you're seeing it and you're seeing with the modern cards especially a lot of new people a lot of younger people i was in toronto last weekend for a show and there was a lot of younger people more than i've ever seen before at a show and um I, it's very encouraging to see because it's it just shows you that the next generation does care about sports and does care about collecting especially well i think you and i agree on the it's nice to do this, but you have to have a passion and a love. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. when, you know, you and I are about the same age. So when, when we see that getting passed down, it's more than just buying the physical card. It, 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 it's that whole love, that whole passion. Um, and you mentioned that you collect in PC. You don't have to give names, but where do you look for stuff? I mean, are, are you like every one of us just searching the catalogs? The I mean, I look at, you know, you look at Ebay's. I travel a lot to shows, so a lot of times I can find stuff at shows. You know, we used to do shows in San Francisco, and you'd, you'd find some cool Oakland Raider stuff or 49er stuff. Uh, we're going to be in Chicago tomorrow. There's a lot of, you know, maybe I'll find some Packer stuff or George Hallis stuff. So, I mean, there's, there's, you know, going to, going to different shows, you know, you have to be more and more creative now than ever before, because, you know, it's easy. Information is so much more easier to get. It's more readily available with the internet. You can search things a lot easier. So it's much, much more difficult to find these, you know, diamonds in the rough. But um, auctions is, is a really good way to find stuff. But also going to flea markets, you can try that. You know, we hear a lot of stories of people finding things at a flea market. It does happen. It doesn't happen a lot anymore, but things still get out there that way. So it's just, it, it, it's, you know, I have this conversation a lot. It's harder and harder to find really cool stuff. And that's what I was wondering when, you know, in, in the last couple mm -hmm. of years, I think it's, it's more a function of the people who have the items so, mm -hmm. You know, or here on the news, the you know everything's gone for a million dollars, and you know, so everything I think came out that people didn't pay attention to. So the yep. question is, you know, when does that pipeline dry up? Um, I think you have seen it dry up for a little bit. I mean, there's you know, I, I do type one photos, and I've done it for a long time, and I remember when you could find type one photos all over the place, and now there's a couple auction houses that have we get them. There's another couple other auction houses that also get them. But other than that, you know, it, they're, they're really getting hard to find. So I think a lot of the higher end stuff is tucked away in collections and not that they're never going to come out again, but I think also the values have gone up so much in, in the sports memorabilia and the cards that people are, are understanding now that some of the uniforms, you know, some of these cards, they're just they just keep going up and up and up. I mean, you know, if, if you look at uh, we were we were talking about um, there's a 1963 Hank Aaron uh, gem mint ten in our auction tonight, and right now it's at I think 155 thousand. That card was probably purchased for three or four grand 
yes, maybe 25 years ago, but so many of these cards have gone up exponentially that, um, you know, I, and uh, I think a lot of people are, are holding on to some of the really, really good stuff. Well, I mean, I, you know, I'm always dumbfounded when you can find, you know, a, a $12 million card in a desk drawer. Um, it, you know, that gives me hope that there are a lot of desk drawers out there. Um, you know, and so, you know, as a lover of the physical items and the history, I don't want that to dry up. That's that I just, you know, listen, even if I don't own it, I want to hear the story. I want to see it. You know, I want to feel that connection with history. I can't um, tell you how many times that I tell somebody, you know, it's not about it, it. Of course, it's always going to be the item. But so many times it's the story behind the item, you, how it's pieced together, how some of the stuff got out there. Game worn shoes, you know, from a ball boy or from the okay. announcer. I mean, there's just so many stories and, you know, they're all different in their, in their own way. And uh, that's what, yeah, that's what keeps people coming back, that you can still find things at a flea market, at a goodwill and make, you know, a lot of money on. So, I mean, well, there are wow. still things out there. I'll be honest, as, as a history lover, I mean, I think one of the things, and, and maybe this is where my other question came from, I love going through the whole catalog because there are some real great finds and some really unique pieces. It's over. It's almost overwhelming. It is. Because the problem is, because well, I want to be honest, I want to look at the stuff I can't afford. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm not skipping that. So sure, <laughs> sure. And, Because that's the eye candy. So, you know, I, you know how do I manage to you know to get through all of that because i love it all mm -hmm. and i still like having that catalog there there's something that you can go and scroll online and do everything yes i'm gonna i've got mine right here uh, this is an older not this auction but yes <laughs> everybody's gotta have a heritage catalog within arm's reach at all times <laughs> i have a collection of them i can i can I them you if you'd like some <laughs> <laughs> well, can they be graded? Can they be graded? Is there going to be a market for those? Uh, they're getting too big now. You're going to need yeah. a. You're going to need like a box now. When I started at Heritage ten years ago, it was memorabilia and cards under you know a pretty good sized catalog. Now we have two very large catalogs: one with cards, one with memorabilia. But um, back to your point, I like having that printed catalog to go through everything. It's just so user friendly that way. I know you can go and scroll online and you can make the photos bigger, but just having everything right there. Um, and there's these great auction photos. I love it. Descriptions and everything else. And it just really is. I will, uh, say, the, I will say the quality of the catalog is fantastic. Yes. Yeah. A lot of time and effort goes into that and editing and there's a photography. There's a lot of things, <laughs> you know, and the one thing is you get done with one catalog, you go right to the next. You know, we got done with our November. Now we're we have a little bit of a lull and then we start platinum night February. So uh, it's never ending, but it's fun stuff, though, too. You know, so which, you uh, which items coming up? Or do you think are the coolest? Because I've got a couple that I think are, are pretty Yeah, cool. we've got some that are just now I, I really you like you personally, you personally. Yeah. I I really like the uh game use bats. Um and we've got some great ones tonight or tomorrow night with the, the Ty Cobb uh that's photo matched actually to a photo with Cobb and Joe Jackson. I think that's a cool piece. Uh, we do have a Jordan game use jersey, which those have pretty much doubled in value in the last two or three years. Um, just a, there's a lot of quality game use bats in this sale. Um, 
we've been building up this auction for months now, ever since the national. And uh, I like the bats because they all have their own personality to them. They have, you know, ball marks, pine tar, taping. There's just so many attributes that are so cool. And every player is different and how they use their bats and prep their bats and kind of do all that. So for me, when I look at this auction, I see a lot of quality game use bats. Well, I agree with you, but you're wrong. So I just put up on the screen what I, I think. I'm not going to disagree with you on that item, though. Because I mean, you're talking about a rookie-era game-use signed Ted Williams glove. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on, Tony. This is ridiculous. This it, checks is all so the it checks all the boxes. I'm going to say it that. It is so and sick. It is. It is. And, you know, a lot of our consignment – directors we were here looking at at that glove and there was about four of us in the office one night when we were in our deadline just you know looking at the glove the photo matching the provenance i mean it's got everything you could want and i mean you know a glove is such a personal item to a player they don't use a glove for one year some of these players actually use them for of course multiple years but i've, I've actually talked to some of the players devon white being one of them who used one glove basically his entire career so well he, really cool his, glove, his glove was magical. So, so mm -hmm. if I were him, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have switched gloves either. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I know you, um, the glove to me is, is phenomenal, but one of the things that I find important is, is the provenance, you know, like you talked about, but how much time did the player spend using that item? And, and I know that recently the Babe Ruth glove sold, but there was some question, how much time did he spend? When, I, when you see that Ted Williams glove and you see that it was used, you know, and, and you've got that, I mean, I know that Ted wore that, you know, mm -hmm. and there's mm -hmm. not, like you said, there's not a lot of Ted Williams gloves that are ever going to be available because no. there was only a couple to begin with. I mean, and these guys were superstitious above anything else. Most oh, players absolutely. are very, very superstitious. So if it works, they're going to use it and they're going to use it again and again. And so many times you'll see gloves that have, you know, they would send it back to the company and get it fixed after the season and it's not like they had three or four gloves to to choose from they had one main go-to glove and maybe a backup and this one again if it's because it's photo matchers a great story to it it's really really unique and really cool and you know if you've got a ted williams uniform if you've got a ted williams game use bat this is the perfect thing to add i mean you know because again you may go 10 more years until you find something as nice as that glove that we have in, in the auction. Well, I love that. But the other thing that I love, because it's one of my favorite sets, is the 51 Bowman, uh, number eight on the PSA registry. Um, and, and, you know, we can have the debate, but, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer that it is the rookie cards um, mm -hmm. for, for Mantle and Maze. Um, and I think this set is gorgeous. I just yeah, think I mean those those fifties sets have a timeless. They're they are just so timeless. Yeah. Um, for me, it's it, it. I always thought that the fifty four top set is the most beautiful, just with the they have the upfront photo, and then they have the action shot. But um, I always like the uh, I, I like the fifty four set. But oh, there you go, right there. I think I think that is the most beautiful set. It's spaced off so well. The colors are so vibrant in that set, but. I mean, 51 Bowman, it is 
his first. Wow. Yep. Look at that. Yeah. It, so. It's the Orioles' first year in Baltimore. So I P. Okay. I so you got to load up then. These are all Orioles. So mm -hmm. I just collect the Orioles from the from that year. Um, but I, but I love the look of the card, so I couldn't agree mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's just something about those those sets. They just they just jump out. You know, those drawings are just so beautifully done that um, there's nothing like it. Okay. Um, now I want to. Some people are not familiar with the auction process, and I actually have gotten a couple calls in the last couple of weeks for people that are confused. Um, deadlines, bidding, extended bidding. Uh, yep. Could you do me a favor and just just start kind of for, like I know Explain nothing. Explain the process. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really so, basic. So typically an auction like ours is open for 28 days. Um, you don't want to, you don't want to have it, you know, for a week only, you don't want to have it for two months. So for us, 28 days allows, you know, us to get the catalog out, get it in our consigners hands, um, in everybody's hands, and then um, give them enough time to make, you know, what they want to bid on what they want to go after. How it works for us is, you have up until 10 o'clock the night of the auction ending to place your initial bid. Once you place the, your initial bid, you can bid in the overtime session on that lot. Uh, it's a, it's, I know I mentioned before, it's kind of like a happy medium. You don't want to have an auction going on until the next morning, until six o'clock in the morning, because then people on the, on the East coast have an advantage over people on the West coast. So we do it a lot by lot with a 32nd clock. So if you make a bid at, 9.59, that, and then at 10 o'clock, it starts the 30-minute um, countdown. And if a bid is on that lot, it extends it for 30 minutes. If another bid comes in, it extends it for 30 minutes. So you're not staying up all night, but you're not also, you know, you're giving everybody a chance to bid. So it's not, you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't favor, you know, somebody because they're on the East Coast or West Coast. So if I want to buy that 51 Bowman set, and, and I assume that's going to be in the card night tonight. Yep. Um, right now, I, I forget what it's at, but I don't necessarily want to put my final price, right? I'm, I'm, I just want to get to the next round. And exactly. That that's what a lot of people, you know, there, there's a couple ways of thinking. There's some guys that are like, you know what? I want to scare everybody away. And okay, if it's at 200,000, I'm going to put 400,000 right now. So okay. people know that I want this thing and that's what I'm going to pay. A lot of guys that I talk to, they'll put their final bid in before they go to bed and then try to sleep if they can. A lot of times people, you know, they want to know if they won or not. And then they'll wake up the next morning and, oh, I won it. Oh, I didn't win it. So I personally like to do just stay up, make bid, bid, bid. Right. Just to go, you know, each bid. But um, there's no right way of doing it. There's no wrong way of doing it. Sometimes, you know, guys, what you hear a lot of, especially when I'm at a show, the people will say, I'll put my bid in and go to bed. And then if they wake up and win it, great. If they don't, you know, but I've had some guys that are on that phone. They're online, but they're also on the phone because they want to make sure that they get their item. So um, I couldn't, I couldn't, I love auction night. Yeah. God bless the people who can go to bed. Um, I can't. I can't. Yeah. I've, 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 I can no tell you way. stories from way back, way back before the internet was, I mean, when the internet was oh, just sure. starting up and dial up internet and am I the high bidder? And I kept calling this auction house as a youngster and they were getting really sick of hearing me uh, keep calling back. But uh, you know, fun times, mm -hmm. stuff you'll never forget. And, 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 and I'm still that way. You know, mm -hmm. if, I, if I have a bid in, you know, on any site anywhere, I, I can't go to sleep. 
No, yeah. no. I yeah, have to know. I have to I, know. And, I and if I do accidentally, I'm awake at two thirty in the morning checking my phone. So yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so what do people need to know going into tonight? Um, I think we have your information at the bottom of the screen. Yep, uh, just uh, ha.com and the cards are tonight. The the first session cards are tonight. So just get your bid in by ten o'clock Central Time. If you try to make that bid at 10.01, you're going to be locked out and you won't, we, we can't do anything to help you. So I encourage people to make, you know, just get that initial bid in there on the lot that you're after. And then kind of, you know, you can kind of see what happens, see where it goes. That's a lot of times, you know, some of this stuff will go up like crazy at the very, very end. Typically in an auction, 80% of your bids come in the last two days of an auction. People are smart. They, they know to wait, 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 wait. Right. It's like, it's the strategy you talked about. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, Tony, way overdue to have you on. Maya culpa on me. We got, we got to do this again. We could do Uh, it anytime you want. I love doing this. Uh, It's fun to talk to hobby, talk to somebody else passionate about the hobby. And, you know, we love doing it. And I'm tired, of seeing, I'm tired of seeing you all over the country in different states. Yeah, this way we, can, <laughs> we, we, we can be actually be in different states and talk. You know? And we could talk, absolutely. Right. Anytime, well, let's do it again. All right, buddy. Thank you very thank much. You. Always good. Uh, thanks Take for care. watching the Sports Bald Podcast. Honey, if you don't mind staying backstage for two seconds. And thank you very much, guys.